everyone. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We just rocked that one away, ZK. That was awesome. We are here on the Lower East Side. It's a wonderful day today to be out of the house with friends talking about food as usual right here. For those of you tuning in for the very first time, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it. Cooking it, eating at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a personal chef, a cook author, cookbook author. My second book is coming out in just a couple months. I'm very excited. I give cooking classes. I run chop competitions. Um, and my favorite job is sitting right here in Nachum Siegel's studio talking about food for one hour with everyone and sharing a great recipes. I start again. Sharing great recipes. I, I can't get that out today. How many times have I said this, Okay, Like 200 now? Sharing of great recipes, great food ideas, amazing guests. See, we did that in a nice flow at the end there. Um, and I'd like to hear from you guys too. So you guys can email me, Naomi at nachamsegel.com. And um, I love hearing from everyone. Thank you to everyone who does reach out. Um, and we're going to have such an incredible show. But I know I say that every week because hopefully you're all enjoying it. Um, follow me on, int- on on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, uh, theaussiegourmet.com, naomi.nachamsegel.com, Naomi all the different ways to reach me. I'm right here for you. So as I said before, we have an incredible lineup. You know, I, I definitely have a great field to work in and I get to meet incredible people. And every few months I become friendly with, with all my guests that I have and we keep in touch and then I say, guys, you've got to come on to the studio because, you know, that really ties it all together. I love meeting people in my industry who just are hardworking people who get these great ideas. You know, the last couple of weeks I've been calling it brain to table from when you had the concept to when you put it on the table. And I love hearing people's stories and entrepreneurs, especially from women entrepreneurs and and just people who are getting the word kosher out there. So um, today, without further ado, I'd like to welcome welcome to the show um, Heritage Kosher. They have a, hmm, maybe I'll let them explain, but we met up at Kosher Fest six months ago and we now met each other a few times since then. We became very friendly and I said, guys, Labid Malky Fisher, they're married to each other. They are working together, producing incredible food for kosher food for us that has never been seen before in the kosher industry in America, maybe even the world. So please, everyone, welcome Malky and Labid Fisher from Heritage Kosher. Hi, guys. Hi, how are you? Number one, probably wave to the camera, right? You're right, you're right, right. So they're not used to the people who come to the network always get thrown off. I go, oh, we also video this show. So even though most of our audience is listening, a very large percentage of people who, especially kids, watch the show. Really? Yeah. The visual component, that's cool. The visual component. So, you know, we can taste the dark and you can hear the dark, but now people can see the dark, which I think is great. It's It's beautiful to reach out and... Bring, bring our beautiful products to the world. I, I love that. And Naomi, can't that. do it without you. That's why when you invited us down here the first time, you remember, I remember the first time you took me up there by the show and we were like, Kosher Fest, and Kosher Fest itself was overwhelming. You take us into the back room, put it up. There was that gorgeous cake over there. And then... That, uh, was, you, that was the other thing. That, that, I'm sorry, that was K- K- KFWE. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was KFWE. This is why, this, by the way, this is why Malky always comes along. With right, but I, 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 I met you at KFWE. Yeah, yeah. At Kosher you've Fest as well. Fest. It was both. We met, we've done a lot of gigs this is, together. This has been, you should know, it's like number four, number five. At this yeah, point it's I, uh, you know, between the Instagram, the kosher.com, yeah. the best Nachum Siegel network, sure, and then also again the Nachum Siegel <laughs> network <laughs> in Wesley Kosher. So today is a show all involving Monsi people. You cannot be in this show unless you currently live in Monsi. We also have a, a Hoover Got Dinner. Did I say it right? That's a great name. Remember, got Dinner. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> but, but by got the way. But I have an Australian accent, so everything's convoluted. So, <laughs> um, can we get her? Do we have another microphone? Um, let's grab that microphone for her. Okay, perfect. Um, Ahuva's on Instagram is, um, uh, oh my gosh, homegrown at Homegrown Kosher. I've only said like a thousand times in the last few weeks, and I've been tagging you away. A huge fan of what you do. Um, and we'll talk a little bit later on in the show about. Uh, all your exciting breads that we're going to eat. And they're act- you guys are neighbors, right? Yeah. We're you not, know each uh, other. We don't live yeah. too far from each other. About, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Everything in Monty's 10-minute drive. 
15 minute no, drive. No, it's like a three minute drive. Three minute drive, 10 minute walk. 10 minute walk. Three minute drive. Right. That's I, pretty I, close for Muncie. Right, that's close for Muncie. But everyone, like other people, are like, oh, it's just 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Like, and sometimes in traffic, that 306 can get clogged up. Or, uh, or 59, <laughs> I see. I, even I'm getting to know it all. We like to stay away from there. Yeah, yeah. But we like to we like going to Wesley Kosher and doing a bit of a shop there. Which was actually very nice having you guys down there. It was great. Uh, it was fun. Great carrying over was, and showing, sh- showcasing the product. You know, I have the deli counter over there as well. By the way, how was that platter? Oh, my God. Insane. Good. Insane. Thank God. I had a few little kibber left over, so yeah. I hid it and froze it because I wanted I yeah. wanted to save it. Like don't I, share it with anybody. No way. <laughs> ZK, we missed you at the um the the Muncie show, but um at least we're That's here right. to get that Yeah, absolutely. That was already a little while ago. It yeah. was before Shavuos. My gosh, I can't believe Time we're flies. even on this side of Pesach, right? Like not only has Pesach gone by, not only has Sfirah gone by, Shavuos. Three days of Shavuos has gone by now. Even a few now it's weeks. summer. It's going to be beautiful. I, Perfect time to I just. I can't wait. Grill. Grilling grill. season is here. Can you actually put duck on a barbecue? So yes, we can. Actually, what I've been doing is, if you take a look at our duck breast, actually got cameras, so we can give a visual. Most of the duck breasts in the market are probably around. What would you say? Half pound. Yeah, they're tiny. This is frozen. This is a, a monster. This you see, you score, score the score the top offset heat. Throw it on top. Throw it on top of the high heat, get a little bit of a sear, pull it off, offset it, 15 minutes, ready to go. I'm going to try that. I have you done should. so much stuff. So let, let, let's take this conversation to the beginning. What is this whole heritage kosher? What is it? Is okay. it just duck? No. So How did you get into so, it? So, so, heritage, so many questions. So let's, let me introduce the product. Heritage Kosher was a, is a company that's based on bringing the first glot kosher foie gras broiled to the market. Now, is it is it foie gras duck or is it goose? So foie gras in general just means fat liver. Oh, fat liver. A fat liver. And I probably have a fat liver. <laughs> well, after drinking the, you know, uh, what was it, last week you were drinking the... Yeah, uh, muscaeo, muscaeo, yeah. <laughs> and heavy cream, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's why we have a little bit of a break. This is a foie gras liver. That's what they look like. Okay. Do, uh, do you send me one of these? I think I have one of these. very the possible. Okay. Heat treated, not cooked, not shelf stable. Okay, so what do I? What what do we do with this? What so is- so what what you have over here? This is the liver. The liver is in general, um, what we do is we kosher it. We had a, we when we started our company, I sat down with my partners. And we had a conversation with the OU and Robelski's at Cell. Yeah. And our agreement, you know, what what not our agreement, but what we wanted from the from the company is we never wanted to release an unkoshered liver to the market. I, I don't. Is that even allowed? Do they even allow yes, that? Yes, it, it does happen, and there are many people at home. I remember my grandmother used to kosher livers yeah, at home in Australia for sure. But but what's what's happening now in the market is as we get further and further. And it's actually great that you said it before. Farm to table, brain to brain to table. As we're getting further and further from our food sources. We're, we're losing a large, tremendous amount of armasora that was given um, as far as salting, you know, malicha, hadacha. You know, uh, I remember my grandmother putting a chicken in the sink. My mother. I remember my mother doing it in Australia, salting a salting chicken. It. Does anybody, do you, do you remember doing this at any point? It was never even taught in the Beis Yaakov. It wasn't taught in Yeshiva. I sat by Ravelski's at Sal and I, I learned Shechita and it was something that over there. So what we so getting back to what we're talking about over here is that we, we broil our livers because what's happened was that people were bringing livers from Europe, goose livers, uh, foie gras, and they were using them. And now on the package it says very clear, let's label vod, and you know you can, you can only broil it, and you know you can't use it in any other preparation. And people were just throwing it on the pan and you know searing it. Well, this foie gras just like they show it online. Well. So what we decided is at that point, originally, I just wanted to produce foie gras. I wanted to do a small run, have it, you know, for personal consumption, a couple of people. We decided to turn it into a company and bring it national and bring something, bring an item. Where we started off, we just wanted to bring a foie gras to market. We ended up bringing a duck to market. Not only a duck, but a phenomenal product. A phenomenal, I believe, um, uh, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Gurmizi from the MK was came to visit our plant. Montreal. Montreal. Came to visit our plant. Um Roughly, I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, he walked in, he walked out, he says, this is the first time I'm seeing glatt kosher foie gras in the world. Woo-hoo! It's the first glatt kosher foie gras in the world. Ruff Klarberg from the OU was there as well, and he was thinking about it, he said, you know, it's, it's right, it's the first glatt kosher foie gras. Where, and now, now, Naomi, you asked, what do you do with this? Yeah, because I have a small piece of home, and like, I'm scared, I don't know what to do with it. Take it, cut open the package, cut a 
Medallion. Medallion would be about an inch. Score the top very lightly. If you want a little flour or not, those people that are gluten-free. No, I'm not gluten-free. Okay, so a little bit of flour. Thank you, Ahuva, <laughs> with all the breads, yes. Um, grab a little bit of flour. Bring a frying pan boiling hot. Okay. What's going to happen is the liver is going to start rendering immediately. 30 to 45 seconds per side. Pull it off. A little bit of salt. Yeah. A little bit of some sweet sauce. Bring it up to temp. Put it on top and just serve it on a Ahuva is delicious. She has her baguettes over here. They're phenomenal. Either either that, or if you want to go classic, Antonio Rossini, take um, what do they call the the kosher, the kosher um, parchment crackers? No, no the fillet. The, the, the fillet. Parchment crackers, by the way, would be delicious because they would melt off beautifully. The Tuscanini ones be yes. still my beating heart. Those are amazing. It's it. We call them Italian matzos. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. Yeah, there's a little bit of olive oil instead of water, but there's really it's a phenomenal <laughs> product, by the way. It's crazy, right? I, I remember it. You told me about it. Yeah. I went, I tried it. I had this, like a rosemary or something. Yeah. It was phenomenal. I call them crack crackers. It's like yeah. crack. You can eat a whole box at once. It's an addiction. So take it. You can put it on that. Or what I like to do is I like to put it on top of a steak. So it's indulgence on top of indulgence. It's called oh, wait, Tornado Rossini. Oh, wait, 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 Let's all visualize this. We have a gorgeous piece of meat. Do you, do you sell meat? We don't. Well, I sell I sell duck. You can duck. put it on top of a piece of So duck. we can get a grand behold. Right, I love Grumbahold. You yeah. know Nuff and Anna I know Nuff, and Al. Sure. You guys are like the the duck of them, <laughs> right? Um, so you can take a beautiful steak, you can cook it in a cast iron pan or sous vide or whatever you want to do with it. Then you put this on top of the meat, like non Jewish people put butter on for indulgence yeah. and fat. Oh my God, my heart! So so th- that that we call the. the... Your heart. Are you having a heart attack? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my heart. I'm loving this. My heart. Oh my God. Okay. Um, and, and, and that would create something called a tornado Rossini. Say it again. Tornado Rossini. Tornado. That's like. What does that mean? A tornado just means a round of. A round a, of a, steak. A round of steak. Or tornado just means a. Uh, they have it at La Marais, yeah. 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 They have actually the black pepper ones. Phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal yeah. La Marais. Oh. So you take that. You throw a piece of foie on top of it. Top of it. Yeah. And just in, in indulge. <gasps> really. You know, we could have made one in the studio. <laughs> we could. I, you should know, I was going to bring a stove in, but it's an open flame. Have a yeah, I have at home. I've, for my chop competitions, I have 14 oh. stovetops. Oh, I, could, I could layer the walls here with my stovetop. <laughs> so that we could do that. Sick. The other thing is, and I, I just started playing with it because I want to see what it would be like. We actually took our, I, I took the foie. I took actually, it comes in a different. Foie. What does fra mean again? Foie means, foie means uh, liver, right? Foie gras. Gras is fat, foie is liver. Ah, okay. Mm. <laughs> I actually took our torchon. I cut. What's torchon? Please tor- tell our audience. Uh, okay, so uh, our torchon of foie gras comes in two sizes. We have our four ounce and our 16 ounce. Okay. Beautiful. Um, the four ounce is, as I like to call, for where I'm going into grilling season now, our slider size and our burger size. <laughs> Um, so, so there's, so in Artisarol, if you go, there is a little place called Lechem Basar. Oh, I love, everybody in the studio is nodding. <laughs> so they know exactly what I'm talking about. So Lechem Basar has. That's Tachanam Rishonah. Right. By, by, think, by the old, old train you, station. Have you done a show there from ZK? Have, did you do a show from Tachanam Rishonah in Israel? No. Nachum's done one. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, you went there Beautiful. on that one. So they have a foie stuffed burger. Okay, so how do I make that at home? So you want to make sliders or do you want to make burgers? Burgers, burgers. Okay. So you take a 16-ounce torchon. You would. Wait, torchon means? Torchon just means? Like a slide. A wrapped. A wrapped. A, you know, it, it means a kitchen towel, I think. Yes, it means, it means kitchen towel. Kitchen towel. <laughs> ah. what, what, the, way, the way this is made is that we take an entire liver, we marinate it in wine, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of spices, we... Roll it in cylindrical shape. We torch it. And as we, you know, you take a towel, you turn yes. the towel yeah, both yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get the shape. Squeezing it dry. Squeezing it. We put it, we do it with plastic wrap, which is still in the package. We sous vide, we drop it into the bag. We sous vide it for um, an hour, a little less than an hour. And at a very precise 100 and something degrees. And you get this beautiful product. Who is doing this for you? You're not getting up in the morning every Look day and doing me. this. Look at me. Well, you don't believe that? Come no, on. because there aren't enough hours a day. Oh, you are a very hardworking guy, but there aren't enough hours no, so, a day. So, so Baruch Hashem, we have a plant upstate. Oh. We have a full cook staff. Okay. We have Shoich and Beitkim. We have 
anything everything across the board, including a processing floor uh, and the cook room where we're producing our uh, smoke McGray. Come on up, by the way. I would love to have you up there. Come for a visit. This is our smoke McGray. We're now doing retail packs. Smoked of it. duck. That's our smoked duck Can rest. I- okay, take it. It's all yours. <sighs> Let's have a look at that. Smoked duck. Do I have one of these? Did you say you should? Okay. And if not, the, the, anything I bought over here is for you today, right? You know that, right? He's so good to me. It's not normal. Oh my gosh! Smoked duck magre. Australians don't speak French so well. So what does magre mean? Magre just means duck breast. Uh huh. And this is cooked and then smoked. This is smoked, straight smoked. We don't. Uh, our our smoking process is a hot smoke process. We're over one hundred percent natural wood, no other heating elements. So you have. Uh, we go over a mixture of cherry and apple. I can, I can smell it through the package. ZK, smell this. Oh my goodness! Let's open up and have a quick sniff. A you know, sniff. is this like scratch vision? Yes, right. Um, you, we, you, smell a vision, or you know what? Eating is all your sa- senses, right? Yeah. So we're listening, and we're smelling. Seeing is a bit of. Oh my god, my mouth is watering. Are you, you know gonna th- go flashings? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> can I? Can I just say something? I was in Israel, and I had g- goose deli. Yeah, smoked in goose. Israel. But I've never seen it anywhere else in the world. Well, here it is. Um, our ducks, duck I mean, our duck. duck, sweetie, our duck is phenomenal. You're, you're dealing with a nine-pound duck. It's goose-sized. It's if anybody's looking, if everybody's looking for goose, how are your ducks so big? Because we feed them a liquid diet of carbs. They're carby barbies. <laughs> they carby <call> barbies. <laughs> wow, it smells amazing. CK, are you into it? Do you eat this plain? Do you? You can eat a plain. You can fry like it in a skillet. Look, that looks like duck bacon. It's. It could be duck bacon. It's whatever you want it to be. Personally, I prefer it like this. It's Come on, Zika. Go flashing. Go flashing. Go flashing. I'm having. Uh, I know. You know. I'm just having a, fl- a, a commitment issue on flashing <laughs> today. But I love his. I love the duck. Okay, so couple after I was at um, Wesley Kosher. Um, Laby and Malky sent me the, literally the next day a box of different duck products. And you know that I'm a big fan of the duck. I grew up eating duck. And my dad is a you – know, my parents are Australian. Duck is special order. You can't just buy duck at the supermarket. Like you can go to Gourmet Glad or Wesley Koshi. You can't just buy a frozen duck. It has to be special ordered. Also turkey. Turkey's got to be special ordered. Right? Really? It's not – it's a fancy poultry over there. So So – you know, my dad, for a special occasion, they would make duck. Or on Pesach, my parents ran a Pesach program in Australia for 28 years, and one of the meals would always be duck. Like, so I really have always appreciated duck. Not all my kids like duck. They, the, my my youngest daughter and my son-in-law can't smell duck. Like my youngest daughter gets off the bus on Friday, and if I'm cooking duck in the house, she can smell it as she gets off the bus at one o'clock. She goes, "You're making duck, aren't you? Get it." Like, Are ducks? She can, it's duck. She just duck in general. Duck, there's something. So, but the rest of us love duck. We're like we love it. I put the bones in the soup. I do so much stuff. So you sent me this gorgeous pack box of ducks, all different kinds. So I, I I've done a lot of seeing. And in my Pesach cookbook, perfect for Pesach, I've seared duck breast. I've confit duck before the legs. But what well, I you did, had a phenomenal recipe. Yes, a fettuccine with pulled duck. Yeah, I did. Oh, that was yeah, good. That, yeah. So okay. So now. I, I want. I called you. Uh, like I, I think we did through Instagram. Said so I want to make from like you know Fireside in Monsi, uh, Chef. And I know Alex Rem is not there anymore, right? right. Yeah, he, he he went to LA or something. Some yeah. We have to connect up because uh, we always want to hear what he, where he's doing. He's such a phenomenal chef. Here's something called duck fingers, and you thought they were chicken fingers, but it was duck. So I'm like, I can do that. Let's figure out how. So I wasn't sure. I called you guys up, right. and I said, okay, how do I prepare duck be battered duck breast? Fingers, all right? So I cut up the duck. Do we do it with a skin on, with a skin off? Like, I have gloves if you want. I have a napkin. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then I made a beer batter with eggs and flour, salt. Uh, I think I put in baking powder because I think it makes it fluffier. Yeah, and sense. we made the most delicious fried duck fingers just from the duck. And, and you don't need 
you know, I don't know how much these retail for. Like, you know, for an ex- if it's ex- like a accessible, if it's it, crazy, it's a yont of meat. Sh- it's you know, um, one of the things that we're working on is Baruch Hashem. As as our company's growing, we're finding that our production rates are going up, and as we are able to produce more product, we're able to bring the price down. That's great because I want people to be able to make those duck fingers. It's it's about accessibility at the end of the day. Right. And 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 it's I think it's a great yeah like there are so many things that you can do it this would be great in a salad smoked duck yeah, salad yeah we've been doing that in salads I I'm I'm like loving this concept okay ZK you ready for more one second let's I'm ready. number one ZK we have to give you out of everything Ahuva makes this by the Ahuva from Homegrown Kosher she makes a baguette that has the crumb if you take a look at the holes it is like, why are the, those crumbs called holes I mean why are the holes called crumbs. Good question. I don't know. Okay, the holes are the inside crumbs? of the bread is called the crumb. So if right. there are holes, it's the crumb. If it's a more dense sandwich bread, it's still called the crumb, and the outside is the crust. I am. I'm like having a hard time not wanting. Uh, have you ever He's had having... foie gras before? No. Oh, okay. Have it with the jam. Maybe have that. it with the jam. Have, have it with the jam. ZK. And with a little. One salt second. I'll have another bite. <laughs> We're like. It smells. It is liver. Pardon the pun. We're mother henning him over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. All right, so so let, let me introduce Ahuva at this point because I want her to to be able to talk about her breads along with the duck. So Ahuva and I met through Instagram. You know me, I'm like very earthy and, and I love the whole farm-to-table movement and, and making your own breads. And I came across Ahuva on um, around Pesach where she was making a quinoa starter for Pesach so she could make her own quinoa it was a fun bread. project. It's that not really bread. It was Pesach dick. It was, was Pesach dick. I used quinoa flour. And it was a fun project. People ask me, how did it come out? And the answer is, I missed my gluten. <laughs> gluten is better. But it was a pretty good substitute for bread on Pesach. But it still wasn't bread. Right, right, right. So Ahuva uh, uh, is very talented in the bread. She actually has her bread now under Hashkacha. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So my bread is under the Hashkacha of Rabbi Aaron Lankry in Muncie, um, and I make it actually out of my own kitchen. The ingredients are extremely simple. I use flour, water, and salt. Um, this is my multigrain, I use whole grains in, oats and flax and millet. And one of my rolls, my Wait, ciabatta rolls. Wait, you mill rolls, your own bread? Mill your own no, flour? No, I don't mill my own flour. I use whole grains in the, mul- in the multigrain. Oh, okay. And one of my breads uses about a, a little bit of olive oil, but otherwise there's no sugar, there's no yeast, there's um, no eggs in it, and the taste is, is amazing. It's phenomenal. When I went, we kept coming back to Wesley Kosher. Um, That's when we met in person for the first time. Got me a basket of breads. Her breads were insane. That seeded rolls and the ciabatta rolls and the two kinds of um, sourdough. Um, two, ty- two types of loaves. I, I brought you the same ones I brought bouillard, you today. Bouillard. Um, one of them is actually, I don't know how to, my French is probably worse than yours. One of them's a boule, I think boule, it's pronounced, right. and the other one's a batard, it's different shapes. So I actually make four different types of loaves. I make a classic, which is one of the ones I gave you, and a multigrain, the other one I gave you. I also make a rye and a something called country wheat, which is a part whole wheat, actually it's white whole wheat, so it's a whiter color. Um, and people ask me all the time, is it healthier because it's sourdough? Definitely there are health benefits to sourdough, but honestly, the reason that I've been making these breads for the past 14 years is because they taste amazing, because they're really good. You know, for 14 years, I mean, we've all just been, you know, into, I, I made a little bit of a uh, sourdough, like maybe I learned like 15 years ago, but it was still a yeast-based starter. Yours is from scratch. Like, how old is your starter? Since I've been st- since I've been doing this. You started your own, you made I your started, own starter. Mike. Well, First time I tried to make a starter, it flopped. I mean, everybody who like tries to do sourdough and it doesn't work, and they tell me, "Ah, oh, I can't do it." I say the first time I tried it, it was literally a brick. It didn't work, but I kept kept playing with it. So, Ma- who did you name your starter? Of course, it's, his name is George. Really, I should name my starter? Of course. <laughs> so my starter I got two years ago from Chayseri, um, from Spice and Zest. Chayseri Light. Now she's a very talented uh, bread baker. She gives a lot of classes. If you're interested in taking courses, right, you can either a Hoover, do you do a little I do teaching? private lessons. Private one-on-one. One. does workshops. She does a workshop. So um, so she gave me some of her starter, which I think was seven years old at the time. So now mine is nine, coming up to nine years old. 
And I have Zach the Baker starter in mind. I went down to Zach oh, the wow. Baker in Florida and I asked him for some starter. And he, he was so generous and he gave me like a huge cup of starter. So I gave some to, I was with Deanie Klein at the time. So I gave her half and I and I took it back with me. I held it on the plane like I was worried it would. Like but it wasn't so much. It's, it's alive. It's a pet. My it's kids alive. call it a pet because yeah. you have to feed it every day. Yeah, you have to take care of it. So what exactly is a starter for the people who are tuning in for the first time or never heard about so sourdough? It's, what it's, is sourdough and what is the starter? It's a culture of wild yeasts and bacteria that live together it's in a symbiotic relationship in the flour, in flour and water, basically. And you have to keep feeding it. Either different people do it different ways. I feed mine every 12 hours. Some people go on a feeding schedule of every 24 hours. I do once a week. Some people in the keep fridge. it in the fridge, take it out and feed it. If you do that, it's not going to be as strong as a starter that's fed, kept on the counter and fed either every 12 or 24 hours. I bake very often, so I'm, baking, I'm feeding mine every 12 hours except over Shabbos. But otherwise, every 12 hours, I feed it. And it's incredibly strong. I can make bread much faster than a lot of people who keep their sourdough starters in the fridge because it's just more sluggish. It slows down. But it's the taste that you get in the sourdough bread that's different is from the bacteria, the wild. They're healthy bacteria. We, we've learned, we learned about this recently with yogurt, all these different things. There are healthy bacteria in it. So in the sourdough starter, there are healthy bacteria that help break down somehow the flour in a way that adds good flavor, and it makes actually sourdough bread more easily digestible than other types of bread for certain people. And the yeasts are wild yeasts. Um, supposedly different sourdough starters in different locations will have slightly different flavors. I've heard that. I've heard I heard sourdough, which is really originated in San Francisco. Right. So San Francisco, there's a certain type of bacteria and yeasts that are in San Francisco. That Even if you take some starter out of San Francisco, you bring it home, you feed it, after a couple of weeks, it's just going to be the native flora and fauna of your environment. It will, won't will keep the San Francisco-ness. Right. They say their bread tastes like no other in the world. I've never actually tasted a San Me Francisco. Me either. I've only ever tasted Muncie's sourdough <laughs> and <laughs> Zach the Baker's sourdough well, and also Pat Bemalach in Israel, uh, David Katz's sourdough. We had them on the show, ZK. Do you remember that? We did it We did it as a Skype thing um, from Pat Bemalach. Yeah, I did a class there. So he's awesome. I actually spent a day being an apprentice there. This past winter, I went there, I called, I emailed them and I said, like, I have experience. I've been baking sourdough for a long time, but I'm starting to sell and I really want to learn more. Who said, come in, show up, come in seven in the morning and you can work with us in the bakery and you can learn as you're doing. And that's what I did. I showed up at seven in the morning. I stayed the entire day. Actually, it ended up being, I was supposed to stay for a few hours, but I guess I was helpful enough that they let me stay. And I learned an incredible amount. And now I have David on speed dial whatsapp constantly <laughs> when i have questions he's my mentor i look to him like every time i have a question about things i recently actually invested in a commercial mixer thank you Naomi. yes it was yes it was, it was to you you gave me the idea to go down to culinary depot and talk to them oh a big uh, like a big shout out to moishi lichter of of uh, culinary depot um I, I did a giveaway with him and her his wife is a dear friend of mine and I love going there, and they have a good price. And it was an amazing price, and Naomi <laughs> pushed me to go for it. But before I did, I actually WhatsApp David Katz, and I'm like, is this what I should be doing? He's like, it'll change your life. And did I, it in the last week since I saw you? In a few, a few hours later, I got it, and I used it. A few hours later, I said it already did. Oh, my gosh. So we walk in, and right as we walked into Culinary Depot in Muncie, we saw it right by the door on the left. And I'm like, Hoover, I would love that. That looks amazing. And then we're like... I think it was like well, it was it was a lot of money. It was I mean, a lot of money. It was a lot of money. Commercial mixer. It was. It a was. Good price. And for, it was great. And I'm like, this is what you need. Like, if I if I need like, I wish I could have that in my house for the days I do a lot of bread baking. Like that would be like I would do that for Purim. Like when I give out my challah. The one time a year I would use. So it made a huge difference. I was doing. I have a magic mill which can hold a lot of dough, and I love my magic love mill. Love mine. Love it. Obsessed. But I was doing multiple batches, one after another, and that magic mill was going for hours. And now, if I'm making four types of bread, I could do one batch, two batch, three batch, four batch, and it just the time making dough and the quality of it. Also, when you overstuff the mixer, it, you know, you, you, the quality of the dough suffers. So I spoke to him and he told me exactly what to do, David Katz. He told me how long to run the mixer for, what to look for in the dough. And I figured it out within an hour or two, basically. And it made a huge difference. Last week, I had so many orders for Shavuos and I didn't even know how I was going to fill them. And the mixer made it be able to make so much dough. Did it pay itself off? Almost. <laughs> So happy for you. It was really cool. It's a really cool mix. If you need any kitchen gadgets or supplies, have you guys been there? Yeah, I've actually buy a lot of my product there. Okay, this is this is an infomercial for you, my friend Moishi. 
Okay. All right. Amazing. Amazing. Um, what else do you do besides bread in the bake department? Do you are you a cake baker? No, Nothing? I don't do cake. I do bread and sourdough breads exclusively. Ah. All my breads. What about that I and challah also? I do not sell sourdough challah. All my breads are what we call lean breads. They're there's no basically no oil except for the ciabatta rolls. They have a small amount of oil, but they're still lean bread. No sugar. No eggs. That's what I'm specializing so I in. I did. I did for it was actually on Tisha B'Av. I I made to break the fast, but I did it during the day. I made um instead of making um into bread, I made it into pizza. And then I, right before the fast, I you know turned on the oven, done a hot setting on a stone. It made an incredible pizza. Right, so I, I make pizza dough for my own family, but that's not right now. What I'm selling is I sell two types of rolls: the seeded rolls and ciabatta rolls. You have one to hold up to the camera. I don't have. I didn't bring any rolls with oh, me. Oh man! And my husband took the last one oh, for lunch so I'm yesterday. Get you some more. I'm gonna have to get you some more. And I didn't bake rolls this week because I normally bake them on Tuesdays, and I but they started on Mondays. Monday was Yantif. There was just no opportunity to make rolls this week, and then there, I have four types of loaves. Yeah. That I have available: the rye, multigrain. Cl- Classic and country wheat. And then there's the baguettes. Those I made for a while and I sold them for a while. Let's eat some of that. And I'll pass you some. Okay. And um, they're very labor intensive. So at the moment I'm taking a break from making them. But in a few weeks I have an oven that has a much larger capacity coming. And then I'm going to go back and offer the baguettes again. Okay, let's talk about why do baguettes take so long to make? It's just a labor intensive process. The dough has to be folded continually and it has uh-huh. to go in at just the right time. It has to be shaped just just right and proof for just exactly the right amount of time and then slash, you know, score just right and then put into the oven exactly the right point so you get the right height but not over-risen. So the problem is that at the moment I can only bake four at a time. So I was making multiple batches of four. Oh, four, what a four, pain Dough for four, dough for four, so dough for four. So what's the best way? She, she has um, some salt and olive oil. Should we, should we do that? Definitely the olive oil. I wash before the show. She walks in, she goes, Naomi might want to wash before the show starts. Okay, so I've got all this cool stuff. I've got baguette. I've got frog right in front of me. Oh, man. Welcome to the world's perfection. You should know the French. Consider this a feast. Just need a bottle of wine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all we need is Gabe Geller here in the studio. Calling you, Gabe. Okay. I'm one of, one of the new rosés that uh, Kedem's bringing in now. Which one? I, 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 I'm speaking to Gabe. I, just, I'm, not, I'm not even sure which one. Uh, not sure, actually. I don't want to name brand names because I don't want to right, name yeah, the wrong brand Right, yeah, we don't want to make name. a mistake. Yeah. Okay, so we're dipping our baguette into some olive oil, and we put a little bit of salt. Oh my gosh, this is, I love salt. I actually learned about um, all flavored salts from Miriam Wallach. She's our general manager here. You met her, yeah, um, at Wesley. Okay, so this is just bread oil and salt. Oh, so slimming. <laughs> so good. I love my job. There's <laughs> <laughs> what to love. <laughs> so all my. All my breads are available at, by advance order only. It's sourdough, and it's a long process. Everything, like, for example, the loaves that I bake on Thursdays, on Thursday afternoons, I start them on Tuesday night. So people, like, all the time, they'll on Wednesday afternoon, they're like, oh, can we order bread? I'm sorry, I started all my loaves for Shabbos already yesterday. So it's, it's an adjustment for people to understand the slow food aspect of it. Right. It's like sous vide. Right? You have to start it early so enough. You have to start it early enough. So I did not get into sous vide cooking so much. I don't blame you. It takes a long time to make dinner. I, I want I gotta... hot steak, cast hot cast iron pan, tss, tss, medium or more rare, and then you're done. Dinner's done. It's sous vide. You got to put it in a bag. Got to wait a hundred hours, and then you got to sear it. You know? From my perspective, I, I, I've been playing sous vide cooking for a while. I the only time I use it is as an ingredient, like our duck breast. If you're going to be serving it. In the next day, what I actually did on Yantif was phenomenal. I marinated it, I sous vide it for two hours at 124. I left it in the bag and then came right before the meal, scored it up, threw it in the pan, and that way by the time it came to the meal, it was ready to go. It's a time saver then. Was it better than the way it is? No. I love the texture of meat that's, you know, it's a little more cooked, a little less cooked. You're biting into it, you're getting a better chew, you're getting, you know, it's great if you want to take a cheaper cut of meat, you know, and, you know, NAF has like a whole thing on it, where if you want to take a cheaper cut of meat and you want to turn it into great, you know, you want to turn it into something great. like sous it. No, you can take a second cup brisket and turn it into a rib steak. You can sous vide. But if I you don't that. take a rib steak and put it in a sous vide because it's boiled meat. That's really what it is. Right. 
Oh, I, I've had people here sous vide stuff here in front of me. We've done eggs. We've done all kinds of things, and we've learnt some great things. I just, I, I still haven't taken it. Maybe because I've been busy with books, writing books. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, the last two years, I haven't had a chance to really hop onto it. But I, I'm like not like, wow, I, this is amazing. I have to tell you, sous vide is, is amazing as an ingredient. Treat it as an ingredient. Don't treat it as a final cooking process. Right. Then you could end up with amazing things. Right. I want to I do a fish. I've had sous vide fish that was mind-blowing. I want to learn... 15 minutes, 124 salmon. Try it. Okay, I'm writing that down, actually. Don't laugh, everyone. See, while I'm on the show, I'm learning too. So 15 minutes. 124 degrees. 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm really writing this down. 124 degrees. I have the app on my phone for ANOVA. Yeah, just okay. put it in. Create your own recipe over there, and that's it. So I put it. I put the salmon in a bag. Actually, we should really sous vide on the show a fish. Because sous vide, we can only do an end product. Like the last hour, we show everyone what we're doing, yeah. and we take it out and sear it. But from the beginning to end, 15 minutes, we can do in one hour show. 15 minutes, take it out, bring a little blowtorch. Finish the top just to give you a little crisp. I can just do it in my, my cast iron on the show. Yeah. Okay. But don't even do that. The, sal- the salmon is getting, you're going to end up with a textured salmon that is like nothing you've had before. Okay. So, so um, do, do, I, do I season it before it goes in the bag? Season marinate before it goes in. Like I told you, the sous vide is not a cooking process. Right. It's so an ingredient. What should, I, what should I put it in? So, what should I put in it? Like lemon, to, to, salt. Take take a nice piece of salmon, like yeah. a wild salmon, a, yeah. a Thai I get, or I get an a lot king. of my fish from Aussies, yeah. So, so they, or kosher catch, that's also good. They have they they, they have the orking orking salmon, um, miso, lime juice, salt, a touch of soy or aminos. So it's gonna give you your salt. Yeah, I'm writing this down. I'm gonna hold it up to the camera so you can all screenshot it. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Now, okay. if you want to sweeten it up, add a drop, touch of maple syrup. Oh, touch of maple syrup. I love maple syrup. I don't use sugar in my cooking so much. Okay, is that on, on the screen, everyone? Oh, yeah. I'm going to draw a heart around it because salmon is heart healthy. So screenshot that heart. Is it on? Amazing. This is coming from Heritage Kosher. <laughs> this is from Heritage Kosher. Recipe. You should have given them a duck recipe. I'll give them duck recipes. Don't worry. We'll get there. No, but about slow Livy, food, Livy likes to put it around in the kitchen. Right. We, okay. Well, all this, you know, the, 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 the history of, of Heritage Kosher. Yeah, talk. Really, Let's real, talk. Really started, uh, really started number one, um, was passion. I, 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 I love that. If you look, you can see on the camera, I love food. Um, and not, you know, and, and and I really wanted to I wanted to bring something to market. Actually, originally this wasn't even about bringing it to market. It's about making something available where I'd be comfortable feeding it to my guests. And the stuff that was he com- started all this for his friends. That's so nice yeah. of you. He's yeah. a very good friend. You have, you have, you have, you have people. Am I your friend? Have how much <laughs> have you gotten from me? And I'm going to keep on sending. Oh, well. Um, you know the 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 point the point was to be able to bring something glot kosher, something you could put on a Jewish table. On a kosher table, not that the other stuff isn't kosher, but the the way the way the way this stuff was being delivered was in a way that still required koshering, where you didn't have the training within the, within the Jewish within the kosher home uh, due to things getting lost over time. It's Masari getting lost over time, so that was that was part of the impetus of bringing this. I love that it's got a ruchnius component. I if love it. it. If, listen, it's it's the it's the basis of what heritage kosher is. We, the we, name is Heritage. We built our company. Oh, Masora. No, that's, that, that's, that's where the name comes from. Heritage ah. Kosher is Masora Kosher. This is, I, 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 there, there are so many things that have been lost from Claudius Roll due to the fact that uh, we, we, we're no longer in touch with where our food comes from. Oh my God. That's, that's and amazing. this was, th- th- that was really, you know, and, you know, it's, it's actually amazing that you have, you have a Hoover on the show and you have us on the show. It, it, it's, it's a guiding principle. On the background of Hoover more than anybody else, she's raising her own chickens. She's doing she's doing her duck. Uh, she's 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 doing her eggs. She's doing her bread. These are, and she's using wild wild yeasts. You know, when you eat her bread, you taste muncy. When when <laughs> it's true, am I wrong? That, Didn't we just say it doesn't correct? taste like Route Fifty Nine? It, it does. Like, no, 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 no. This is the nice old muncy. It tastes the country air. Yeah. It tastes uh, the country that's what air. he means. We know. That. You know, uh, our it, duck. You know, our, our, the flavor on a heritage kosher duck is like nothing you've tasted. You know, there are other ducks on the market that that, that are mass-produced, and our, our our day of shechita, we're limited. We, we we do 300 ducks a day when we're doing foie gras ducks. How many? How many? Okay, so maybe I want to just try to understand it. 300 sure. ducks a day, how many times a year? I We shech twice a week. 
Oh, twice a week. Yeah. So we're busy with the ducks. We're busy with the ducks. But but you have to remember, our ducks are raised, are not raised as other ducks are raised. Our, raised, our ducks aren't cage raised. They're in this giant room. And walking around. Walking happy. around, happy. Eat, you know, during our feeding process, the feeding process, the ducks are, are they're, they're not brought down to one square foot of space. They have, they have a larger space to walk around. You know, when, when you come up to our ducks, our ducks don't shy away from you. They're not running. They're not afraid. And we're dealing with a process, and the care that's put into our animals translates to the plate. I'm a hundred, you know, we've had duck breasts side by side, the Heritage Kosher duck breast versus other companies' duck breasts. Number one, the size is, this is four servings easy. Yeah, that's more than four, yeah. Because you can't eat a whole, you don't eat a duck steak. You eat, a, you know, a few slices. It's, it's rich. Yeah. It's rich, it's phenomenal, but it doesn't have the gaminess that you're finding with other duck but when you mentioned before that your daughter and son-in-law eat duck, it's because duck, when not raised correctly, it's a waterfowl. It's going to taste like what it eats. So that, oh, and, Which is fishy. It's a fishy bird. Believe it or not, you know, it's what? Yeah, duck is fishy. Yeah, you taste I, I know ducks, that, you're not going to I know get that, that duck is not considered poultry. That's why you can eat duck rare because it's not poultry. It's waterfowl. I actually did a, a, a duck tartare. Last week we did a Irish Chodesh dinner in the neighborhood, and a duck Hello, tartar. where was I? Yeah, why wasn't I invited? Why? Hello, Ahuva. <laughs> I did put it out there, you I know. Thought, <laughs> I, I thought, you know. Okay. All right. Oh, so you, we're coming. Gonna... I want, we, me and Ahuva want to be on the schedule. Is it a Rosh Chodesh thing? <laughs> it was a Rosh Chodesh thing. Okay, so we're coming to the next one. And my, t- you know, she'll my... bring she, she'll bring eggs. I'll bring eggs and bread. <laughs> eggs <laughs> and bread, and you know what I bring? I bring grab. By eggs. the way, here's here's the salmon that I told you about. Ah, oh, beautiful. That's what it was. So that was one recipe, and this was. the a Who duck. made that? I did. Beautiful. Uh, this was a duck tartare. Duck tartare. Phenomenal. It and it's a clean. <laughs> it's clean eating. And a raw egg. A uh, quail egg, raw quail egg. Oh, by the way, Heritage Kosher is bringing quail eggs to the market and quail. Um, I have. We're expanding. Do I have quail in my freezer from Pele? Is that possible? No, but you do have squab. Squab. What do I do with squab? Squab is like a pigeon, right? Yeah, not a New York City pigeon. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, it's like the size of my hand. The whole chicken looks like a chicken, and I don't know what you know, to do with it. D- I really don't know. Duck, duck and quail are. V- uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, squab and quail are very, very, very similar. The cooking process is number one: take take the bird, remove the legs from the breast. It's this big. It's, it's this like r- this big. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, it's teeny tiny. You know, you're gonna create something like this. Here, take a look. Should I spatchcock it? Don't spatchcock it. No, no, don't no, spatchcock no, no. it. Pull the legs. The legs cook in 15 minutes. The breast cost cooks in approximately 25 to 30 minutes. What's this big? Yeah. Oh, the thing. Pull the legs. Go. Same pan. Pull the legs and cook the breast. Separately. I should cut it all up. Don't cut it. No, but you, what you do is take the bird, separate the legs, break off the spine. You're going to split. So you're going to have two legs and, a, and what they call a saddle. That's what we call a spatchcock. No, no, spatchcock is when you split the spine, yeah. open it, and lay it down. Yeah, that's not that. It's not that, no. I'm taking it off. You just you're removing the legs, and you're having the oh, saddle. I'm taking it off. The saddle looks like that. Okay, without the legs. Without okay. the legs. I hope you're all learning something because I certainly am. It's, okay. And then you know um, what? Um, either squab or quail um, are a little gamier, which is why you could bring in a lot of Moroccan influence into that. You can throw in, um, make a rub out of a little bit of coriander, cinnamon. Um, chili powder, touch of turmeric, uh, salt, pepper, a little bit of onion, olive oil. Rub it in, let it sit for forty-five minutes. It's a small enough bird. Flavors will get in there and cook away. Can I pick a tool house and you cook it for me? Sure. <laughs> come on, you know, come on over. I don't know how to. Uh, I'm like, it's so interesting. Like, oh, I love to cook. I love to experiment. I ha- I just haven't had the guts to do the pigeon yet. Like, it's just. I didn't really know how to. There's no kosher by design by Susie Fishbein with quail in it yet. Well, maybe Heritage Kosher will write a, write a cookbook to be able to. Uh, I love that. I love that. Well, I'm going to definitely be including a lot of duck in my next cookbook because yeah. I well, love duck. Just, so. Well, let me know what you need. You know, by the way, we have we have some big news coming. A lot, you know, we're under the OU. We're actually starting our exports to Canada. Mirza Shem within the next two or three weeks. Oh, Canada. so anybody who's listening from the Canadian market, yay, Canada! We love you. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to get us stuff in Montreal and in Toronto, and uh, it's going to be. You know, be... I I had a great time in um, t- 
Toronto a couple of weeks ago. I went for, when was it? Beginning of May. and they, they have? Uh, they had something called um, Guru Fest, which was run by Shlomo Asayag. If you don't know Shlomo Asayag, then you don't know any Canadian foodies. What? I, I gave him his number. Okay. Shlomo is the nicest guy. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago also. He is Toronto's food expert. He owns a restaurant. He runs the restaurant. What's the he name of the restaurant? The, he, you know, he's like Ilan Kornblum, but in Toronto. Right. Really? He just knows nice. everything about food, but he's actually, Ilan's in marketing, and we love Ilan. He's a great guest on the show. We love him to pieces, but um, Shlomo's also in the food business. Like, he's got a restaurant, Centro, which was wonderful. Shout out to Toronto. I can't remember if I spoke about all the great Toronto restaurants that I've eaten at. But they have some fabulous restaurants there in Toronto. And he's kind of like runs the whole foodie group there. Um, and Speedy Meaty, it's called on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You've got to get into that. Yeah, yeah. Have you? Are you into Speedy Meaty, Toronto's... Sweetie. That's yeah. I'm leaving that for you. Okay. Aren't they so cute? They're having a business meeting in my house, <laughs> in my studio. Thank honey, you so much, by honey, the way. Honey, get on that. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> That's like at my house too. <laughs> Don't forget to pay the bills. Yes, dear. Um, yeah, so so um, Toronto has a great food scene there. They actually have something called, oh, my gosh. I tried to get them on the show. Truly meets truly yours. Oh, Amiel Diamond. Amiel Diamond. Amiel Diamond. Yes. He's Amiel. in the city today. I I know. I he he. I wanted him on the show, but oh, okay. we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he's coming on in the next couple of weeks before the summer season okay. starts. I'm on hiatus over the summer. So Amiel's a doll. He, what he does is he has a sous vide butcher. So rather than just selling meats, you know, like how in pieces like they do in the butcher, he's actually sous vide them for you. So you're buying cooked different parts of the animal already done for you. He, That's a it, great idea. It's a brilliant, brilliant concept. Because you don't have to think about it. He gave me some. It's done already. You don't have to like start planning for supper a few hours The chickens advance. I bought with sous vide. He gave me with sous vide. So, so you know when you fill out custom forms, what have you got to bring in? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to... <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what to write because I don't want to lie, but I have stuff. So I wrote, no, I have not. But then I went over the customs offer and I said... I have some meats. I just didn't know what kinds they were and their vacuum packs. It goes, don't worry, love, you can go through it. I mean, he said it with a Canadian accent or an American nice. accent. <laughs> don't worry, you're fine. Just take it. And he said, you're fine. I was like the whole plane ride. I was nervous. That I so God willing, within the next couple of weeks, Emil's going to be taking our duck breast, our duck legs, and he's going to be selling it ready for the market. Sous vide. Sous vide. That is, how funny, how small world is this whole conversation? It really is, by the way. <laughs> From the start to end, it's not. Oh, that's so funny. Yes, yeah, so they're lovely. He, he gave me, I have a brisket in my freezer, which I might serve on Shabbos this week. And how big is your freezer? Salami. <laughs> Wait. You have so no, much no, no. stuff in your freezer. Wait, you stop. have multiple freezers, don't you? No, you say you? how many freezers do you have, not how big, right, Rachel? I have so many, uh, not including my kitchen freezer, I have four. Oh, nice. And okay. I only have them turned Should on, though, close. once a year. <laughs> only, yeah. And one whole... Sh- on her freezers. One whole shelf is heritage stack. <laughs> the other one is that grumpa hold. The rest is gourmet glut. By the way, let me know when stock is running low so we can... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, uh, busy, busy right. cooking all the foods for my book. Like, everything we eat in my house now is for the book. So, people say to my kids, what does your mum make for dinner? They're like, either there's eight course dinner or there's nothing <laughs> it's feast or famine so so you hit hit the freezer um how many recipes are you putting in the book at least 125 oh lord wow yeah so got a really good stuff going on it's not a pesach cookbook people think because uh, i did a pesach cookbook that my second one's a pesach cookbook and they think it's hanukkah book because it's coming out before hanukkah and because i already did a a, a branded book so to speak a hug book i Next book's going to be about hug. Do you have a name? Like, no. No. Can you guys think of something? It's got to have the word pe- perfect in it. Okay, go. What is it? Perfectly kosher. Perfectly kosher. Okay. I'll that write the, it down. That's what I thought of first. Okay. But really, your cookbook should not be called Perfect for Pesach. It should be called Also Perfect for Pesach. Because I use that all year, and especially yes. now that I got from you a hummus copy. Now I don't have to keep running into my Pesach kitchen, but I use the recipes all year. It's also good for Pesach, but right. it's not Thank only you. Pesach. We, we wrote on the front like... Uh, perfect for Pesach, recipes you want to use all year. And people still like, I'm never making Pesach, so I don't need your book. I'm like, but why wouldn't you want to use these recipes 
Oh, yeah, my salads, my meats, they just don't have flour in them. That's why they worked well on Pesach. So, so it's a gluten-free Pesach cookbook. It's gluten-free and there's a very, like, maybe four recipes with matzo meal in them because you've got to have matzo balls in your recipe. Like, it's a Pesach book and there are plenty of people whose masorah is to eat matzo balls. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm, like, working away on protein it. Protein-centric or, uh, you know, what's, what's the breakup? Uh, probably about 10 recipes per chapter, 12, some, I don't know. We're still working okay, on it. I'm excited. I'm Are we having a whole chapter about duck? That's what he wants. Uh, no, <laughs> it's not. should be about Do You know, I could I could easily do a duck because you've got duck legs, you've got duck wings, you've got duck bottoms. You know what they're selling gourmet glat? Duck mince, mince duck. Yeah, oh. chopped duck. Cho- what do you call it? Chopped duck? Like yeah. mince meat. Chopped meat. Yeah, chopped chop meat. Yeah. Chop meat, but it's duck. What would, really? you, so what if, would you do with that? So you know what I do? Oh, you. I, oh, I season it. I season it. That's a great idea, by the way. I season it like you would season duck. You know how you always do it with orange stuff and right? Or you always do duck orange. I kind of yeah. took that into my head and I, I put orange zest, um, apricot jam, some. I did it ages ago. I made uh, little meatballs and then I baked it and we just ate it. Yum. I didn't did it once and now I have another one in the freezer. I don't know what to do with a it. Swedish meatball, I would tell you. I, I, we, made, we made some uh, dim sum with it. It was phenomenal. It was Throw, really good. I don't know why I never thought of that. Ginger, orange, Sesame oil and uh, my taki mushrooms. Yeah, right, right down, <laughs> right that down. Do you know what I bought at the, the this morning? I bought morel mushrooms at seventy dollars a pound. Morels, wow. they're yeah. out already. Yeah, how big are they? They're almost finished. I've got one in the bag the over there. Yeah, and I've ramps. The ramps you paid twelve dollars a pound for them. I paid five dollars a bunch. Oh wow, great <laughs> pricing by the way. I know. Go to Union Square Farmers Market. You probably Great can, price. You can probably grow ramps, Hoover. Probably. I was. I was actually. They grow wild. I saw. They grow wild. It's not farmed. Uh, are we talking those wild like the wild, things the, the wild that grow on my things, lawn? Yeah. No, they don't grow on your lawn. I have like around like. On, if you do, you by the way, you should growing. know. The first time somebody saw a ramp, they said, "Oh, what's that thing? Let me try it." You might have my wild garlicky things in your front. Little oval bulbs. Yes. I don't have an actual lawn. I have my we're going to show leaves. you. I, yeah, round are you round leaves or flat leaves? Round, round flat leaves. Round flat leaves. I think I have them growing. It's not a real lawn. I don't have. A, I have just no natural okay. stuff that grows. These, them. these are ramps, so people. Make, they kind of look like scallions-ish. It's no, a, these are a little different. These are the flat leaves. Can you get ones. the morel out in the paper bag? This is a ramp. I'm okay? sure I've seen those growing This is wild. a ramp. See, by the time you guys are watching this, right, it, ramp season may be over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Butter. Okay. Butter. butter. We're doing ramp butter. Okay, so these are $5 a bunch. We're like little yentas over here, food yentas. How much? Are you ready? $70 a pound, a morel. Oh, Lord. Wow. Uh, but this cost $8. So she told me just to wash it r- twice, pat it dry, and cut it up and do it with butter and salt. Can I give you a little advice on that? Yeah. Duck fat. S- split it. <laughs> I would say stuff it, but split it and check it. Uh, this bug's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You have to check um, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't doubt it for a second. Well, I f- I'm not going to play around with it now. Oh, by the way, now. now that you're holding a morel that size in your hand, yeah. take your mint stock. Yeah. Spice it with a little bit of porcini mushroom powder. Yeah. Salt, pepper, a touch of um, um, fresh, uh, fresh oregano, but really a touch. I, I have a fresh oregano in my garden. Yeah. Pull it a little bit. If you have like a, if you have a demi-glass sitting in your freezer, do you have a... You know, I, I may have <laughs> that Brian Greiker left in my freezer couple about a year and a half ago. <laughs> Just a little bit of white wine, bake it off, and enjoy. It's it's going to be sublime. The intensity of the mushroomness with the with with the heritage duck or whatever duck they're using is going to be phenomenal. Phenomenal. Did you did you see? I was there with Rachel this morning. Do you see how many people are buying, lining up to buy these morels? That, that, Look at they're, this. They're, they're in monsters. season. This Very is a small season. one. I mean, this is a small one. This is right. Wasn't this a small one? This is a small one. Are you going to the market now? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're making a field they trip after be, this. They might. They may already be finished, but it's very dirty. The ramp I see here also. Yeah, just I, brush it off. How do you check those? The ramps. You just wash them really well. There's, um, no, there's no. Yeah, you just open it up. You it's open, just you, more schmutzig than than. You open it breaking. up. Um, if you're gonna speak to if you you know your local Orthodox rabbi, probably tell you to split it. Split it like a leak. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. But I, I I wouldn't imagine there would be a bugs in the in the bulbs, but you could always look. Right, always look. to look. Can I just? I'm very, very, very careful with my bugs. So what do I do this for? This is for the duck, for the uh, for the dumplings. Duck. For the dumplings. Duck, for the minced duck. I have to remember to take this home. Oh, this is so cool. I make we, a pot stick out of it. 
Can I just say, guys, this has been an incredible show because I have learned a lot. I hope you have all learned a lot. This has been amazing. DK, we even ate a lot. He is so flashy, it's insane. Okay. <laughs> Do you want more? <laughs> you can have more. You can have more. It's Erev Shabbos, guys. We can go home and have duck for Shabbos. This is so great. All right, Nomi, I'm just going to stand up and switch for a moment. Okay. Bring, let's bring a Hoover's product to the forefront. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking a lot with a Hoover throughout the show. Gonna give her some alone time now. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about this. Talk about bread. So I was talking before a little bit about how this type of bread is slow food, which the slow food movement is actually right now. It's it's very, you know, in style. Like, I've never heard of it. You've never heard of slow food. No. So slow food refers to the fact that we've gotten used to everything being instant. Microwave it. Everything, you know, you want it right now. So slow food is talking about when you, like, smoke things or you a sourdough, which takes time. Or sous-vide. Anything like that, which basically good things come to those who wait. Basically, it's everything, it's worth taking time on something that it tastes really good. It's, it's part of the whole farm-to-table movement. It's all part of the same, like... You don't need everything to just come out of a package straight from the supermarket and, you know, have it right away. Take some time with your food. So sourdough bread is part of that. Take time eating it also. Definitely. Enjoy, Enjoy it. it. Right? Enjoy the flavor. I really, like, when I just put, popped in this in my mouth when you were talking, I was, like, savoring the moment. Listening to you talk with excitement about food, just having the bread in my mouth, it was, isn't it amazing, ZK? It's so good. It feels feel so rusty. So this is the this is real bread. If you speak, I mean... I actually learned more about it, even though I've been doing it for a long time. I didn't know about the history of it from David Katz when I was at Papamella. This is the way that bread was made for most of human history. It was made from wild yeast. The baker always had a piece of old dough, which he used to leave in his next batch. And that's just how you made bread. Commercial yeast is a very new thing in the past maybe 100 years. Yeah, I've heard that. I, my friend's son, I bumped into her um, in we went to seminary together. I saw her in Gomeglat. This maybe a year ago. We talk about breads, and her son is allergic to yeast. I'm like, I've got sourdough. I've just made some. I'll give you a few slices. She said it was the first time he washed and benched in years. So he's allergic to whatever the strain of commercial yeast is. He's probably allergic to, but these strains are natural. I told, her, natural I told her I'm happy to show her how to make sourdough. So this is the way that bread was always made, and obviously, as soon as the commercial yeast was available, the bakers could do it quicker. So they were gonna do whatever's quicker and get more bread out faster. So you just add the yeast and two hours later you've got bread coming out of the oven. You can't do that with sourdough. Sourdough takes time. And during that time of the process of the fermentation, the flavor develops. And it's not it's a fl- flavor that you can't get if you're just putting flour, water, salt, and yeast. You don't get the same flavor. So most supermarket breads will have sugar or other types of additives to mimic the flavor that you get but not doesn't even get close to a naturally fermented product like a sourdough bread. And it's the it's all about the flavor. To me, it's all about the flavor. A lot of people are talking about health benefits, and there are definitely health benefits because of the way it ferments and it takes time. It's a, it's a slow process, but really the flavor is – it can't be beat. It's so true. You know, not everyone has access to bakeries that in the five towns, I don't think – if I think if I want sourdough, I'll make it myself. Or you'll have to ship it. You should do that. You should have a shipment once a week to my house and people come So people have been asking. People ask if I sent it to five towns, to Manhattan, to Brooklyn. People have been asking me. And, you know, as demand increases, I would definitely, if we could arrange that, I'd definitely work that out. I've I've got you covered. (laughs) But right now, it's in Muncie. And it's amazing because Muncie, people think like it's a food desert, but it really isn't. Recently, Muncie has really been, been happening with food. I mean, there's amazing... Product, duck products and the fishers live in Muncie, so right there you go. And yeah, now you can get the sourdough bread. Everything has to be ordered, so that's what people don't always understand that everything has to be ordered in advance. But if you're willing to wait and make the order, it's definitely worth it. And I, my orders have been filling up. So. It's so. so exciting! You got that big grocery machine. <laughs> that's really that really helped me. And once I get my new oven, which is coming in a couple of weeks, and I'll be able to bake three to four times what I'm able to bake now. And then really I'll be able to increase production. Then we can start talking about sending out of Muncie because really I have a hands full with Muncie right now. Right. Ah, oh, Baruch Hashem. It's great. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's that's it. Oh, wow. It goes so fast. We, You know, this is a great show. You know what I like that we got to chat with you and got to chat with you and got to chat with you and got to – if we kept the whole back and forth banter, which was fabulous. Guys, I want you to all zoom in on the camera now and t- 
take a look at this bread. Eat with your eyes. I know it's Erev Shabbos. We're saving our challah calories for later. But right now we're eating with our eyes these beautiful, beautiful breads. If you are in the Muncie area, I'm going to hold this up to the camera. You can screenshot it, write it all down. A lot down. of people use these actually on Shabbos for challahs. That's why I sell them on Thursdays because that's the most popular day. People buy them and use them as challah. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. And we'll talk about very quickly in our last 10 seconds uh, getting a good bread knife. Um, so this is the bread knife that I recommend. I okay. On Amazon. It isn't even that expensive. It's a Mercer bread knife. And it's recommended by Cook, Cooks Illustrated, I think, as the best. Okay, and, and you can reach out. We had a couple of weeks ago, we had um, Remember Me Home. She bought all those Cutco knives. I'm drawing a blank on the name because it's a, going so fast. But Remember Me Home also sells great bread knives um, as well. Uh, different price range, of course. But but uh, so long as you can cut and eat that bread, we're all good. This is Table for Two in the Yemi Nachman on the Nacham Siegel Network. We have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Right up to Lech Benching. Coming up next, Mark Zomer of the Era Shabbat Show. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Happy eating. <laughs>